Welcome to Highs and Lows. This is a podcast where we explore the highs and lows of life from a variety of guest perspectives. No one is immune to being human. Even with success, there will always be peaks and valleys. This podcast is about vulnerable conversations that make us think, feel less alone, and take a second look at what it means to be human. All right, let's get to today's episode. Yeah, um, so we're here at my home in Rancho Santa Fe. This is where Karsta grew up. And a lot of my highs and lows happened right here, raising my three kids. Uh, so Karsta came to visit and a lot has changed. Um, she's 29 now, but when she came, she was one. And Karsta was um, a great kid, very energetic. I was a great kid. Yeah, very entertaining. I mean, uh, having a third was a big deal. Talk about highs and lows. I wasn't really keen on having a third, but I got a girl and I've had a lot of experiences I never would have had. And there, a lot of them were highs. <laughs> oh, <laughs> we got a motion on track. <laughs> okay. Um, if you were to think to a high in your life, what's the first thing that comes to mind? Uh, I guess when you have a baby in the hospital and mm. your husband and you are both excited about the same thing. Like you were so on track. Like there's nothing like that when you know that another human being and you are sharing the same emotion. And I found those, the first time was the highest. The second and the third weren't quite as high, but... I was the lowest. <laughs> I guess of the three, right. But that was absolutely memorable, and I'll never forget it. That's very sweet. And what might be a low in your life? Hmm. Well, you kind of... I, I didn't know I was going to do this, so I have to think just briefly, but if I'm not going to think too hard about it, I guess it would be when my husband died and... I thought it was too soon. I felt like we hadn't done everything we wanted to, but I was still very grateful. And it was a very pure emotion. I discussed that with you at the time that there wasn't any mixed feelings. Like maybe if you get a divorce from your spouse, you still love them a little bit, but you can't know you can't get along. And then you have kids involved and you have to share custody. It was very pure sadness, a very pure sadness. Yeah. You know, something funny is that when I look back on that time, I was thinking about this recently. I actually don't think about it negatively. Like, I mean, it was terrible and it was like the worst I've ever felt, but just as you said, it was very pure. It was like, I was very grounded in that emotion of sadness. And I remember we kind of just like watched movies here and we're together. And I just, I don't know, like, I don't, like, there's rosiness around that time, even though it was so awful. Well, some of that is hindsight. I mean, during the time, you have to relive it a little bit every time you wake up and get used to the thought. Um, that's kind of surprising, but you're right. It's, it's, I don't look back and go, it, it was um, like a car accident where you're in a traumatic situation. And, and there's anxiety. Like, yeah. It was more like a pure thing that you know is going to pass, but you just kind of have to sink into it. Yeah. You don't have much choice. Yeah. I wonder if that could be 
uh, you know, parlayed over to other emotions and experiences? Hmm. Um, I don't know. I have to think about it. I guess it makes you more resilient. I remember immediately afterwards, I wasn't quite as worried about being burglarized or being in a situation where I was scared of how emotional I might get. I felt as if my feelings were more in control or more like I had hit this low, like it, what could be much worse? I yeah. mean, it was sort of made me more resilient after that. So yeah, there, I guess you could parlay it into, wait, is this going to be a real interview, Karsta? I don't know. Because <laughs> okay. aren't we done testing? Well, I just want to make sure we really can, we can make it through a whole episode. Like I have to make sure that all of these get okay. through. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And then as far as the highs being parlayed into, well, you know what I learned about that was that good feelings are just like bad feelings. They pass. So you might be feeling great about winning something or earning something, but it isn't going to last that long. You kind of get accustomed to that feeling and then you kind of have to get go to the next goal. So yeah, it's kind of more getting to the goal on the high. That apply more to highs than to lows. Yeah, sure. Is there anything that you mentioned that um, sometimes your emotions get the best of you or that you, you feel like when after dad died, <clears throat> you felt more resilient and that you weren't worried that your emotions would get the best of you. Is that something that you have experienced in the past where you felt like your emotions were, you couldn't? They scared, I was scared of my own emotions in a way. Yeah. Like, yeah, I mean, there were times when, I thought that I'd seen a burglar. I mean, this house is pretty open to the back. Someone could just walk by. In the first few years of living here, when it was dark and I was by myself, I was really uncomfortable. But then I thought, oh, wow, those, em- those emotions are not... I, I just felt like my emotions, I-, I could take more action. Yeah, I guess I trusted my feelings more. Yeah. Maybe I haven't really quite articulated this well, but. Well, no, this is an interesting concept. I think it kind of also goes back to emotions versus reality and what, uh, you know, how to to manage those. Like, am I actually getting burglarized? Is this a real emotion? You know, whereas after dad died, it was, this is a very real emotion and I'm going to really just be present in it. Huh, I hadn't thought of that, but right, that we conjure up emotions and we allow them to get away without being having another part of our emotions kind of temper it and say, well, that, yeah, that's good. I never thought of that. Yeah. Is there a different low you could talk about? Because I talked about that dying. So the audience already knows that this person, you know, died. Is there a different low that you can think of? Hmm. Well, when I think of lows, I think of hopelessness, and I've never really been hopeless. I mean, even like finishing up with Dad when he died, I knew that I would be happy still afterwards. It was sort of this assumption that, like, remember when I came and visited you, and I said the doctor has some news for us, but do you promise, Carsten, you know that we'll still be happy 
you know, that happiness is still in our reach. Do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, I was just, I think we have to remind ourselves and that's called having hope. Like once you lose hope, it can become very scary. And I think that's what um, depressed people and people who are suicidal, they've lost hope. They're, the sense of future isn't there. And so I'm not sure. I've always been an optimist. And so I've always thought I can get through this. And I've always thought of the fu- that the future's there. Yeah. So there's never been a time that you felt hopeless. I mean, there's been lows, but I wouldn't say they were. Um, yeah, they weren't like struggles. They were more of endurance. They were like an endurance test. Can you get through this? Mm-hmm. That's what the, my lows were challenging in that respect of endurance. Right. Like, right. That's the best way I guess I can describe it. But if you want like details, I mean, I guess being younger and being um, different from my peers, having my parents be German and I always felt different. And I thought that was going to be the major hurdle of my life was as soon as I could blend in. And that probably didn't happen until like high school. Like as long as I could blend in and be like everybody else, I thought that was going to be the major hurdle in my life. I didn't know there were going to be other ones. I thought (laughs) when you're young, you think that these lows are only for young people. You don't think that people who are like, you think they get married and they have kids and their whole life is. Yeah. You kind of think plateau. You kind of think someone's life is over when they get to 40. That's something I've really only realized recently. Yeah. Like, Oh yeah, like my Uber driver was 60 and he was talking about how he got on the cocktails when he got COVID, the drug cocktail to help him. And he said, yeah, you know, because I'm over 60. And he was kind of like telling me his logic of it. And I said, oh my gosh, like you're just me, but at age 60, like you think through those things, you have this issue, COVID, how am I going to deal with it? I mean, you really don't have anything more, that more figured out that you're just older. No, that's true. Uh, it's true. And it took me a while to realize that. Well, one time my son told me, he said, because I was upset, one of my properties had flooded. And also I had had a small fire and a different property and all within six weeks. And it was hard kind of thinking something else was coming up. But then he said, you know, why don't you just wake up every morning and say, yeah, there's going to be something else that's going to happen. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, just be conditioned for the lows. And that way, they won't be so shocking. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't anticipate every low, but just knowing that there, this might, something might happen today that is going to upset me. Right. And that's kind of conditioning. Roger said that? Yeah. Well, that's sweet. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of a tough winter. I didn't know. <laughs> I didn't know that you struggled with blending in and that you thought you were really different because you were German. Because, I mean... You're blonde hair and blue eyes. So you really, I mean, for California, you aesthetically are very in line to blend in. And I didn't know that you thought about yourself as being different because you were German and your family was very German, had very German traditions and lifestyle. A couple of examples. They don't seem like a big deal, but when you're in junior high, they're a big deal. Like, my parents would not buy the gym shorts that were required. They were black with a white stripe. So my mother went and got fabric and made a pair. And it had a zipper hidden behind the stripe. So it wasn't an elastic waist like everybody else had. So I waited till the last, 
I was the last person inside the locker room, the very last. So I was always late to show up on the upper field. And then I would put on my shorts. And because I had this zipper, you know, like that was very traumatic when you just want to, like, why didn't my parents just buy me the shorts for Five ninety nine. But that's not from being German. That's well, from being my mother sewing everything. Like she sewed all our clothes and she cut our hair. And we got shoes that my grandmother sent from Germany. And for lunch, she didn't even use like tin foil or saran wrap. She put the pumpernickel bread in the bag with the salami, and they rolled around all morning. And then you came to lunch table, and your bag had all these grease spots, grease stains. Oh my god! And then she wouldn't shave a carrot; she just ran a knife up and down and roughed it up. She didn't. It was. But you think that was because she was German, and not just because she no American customs. <laughs> so my sister and I put our foot down and said we want an allowance. We went and bought our own lunch and made our own lunches after that. What do German school kids do for lunch? I guess. Well, it might not be all German. It might just be my mother who wasn't like the best housekeeper. I'm not sure. But at the time, I thought it was a German thing. I just assumed everything weird was German. I mean, and it's true. Both your parents were immigrants who were born in Germany and your father born in Austria. So, yeah, they were, you know, they, they did come from really different customs. And the the yeah. gym short story, I didn't just that I never, ever... I'm always promised myself I would never let my children feel different because that's so important. You know, you don't want to give those negative feelings. I didn't want my kids to experience that. And luckily I married American. That was really important who, yeah, you know, they're going to, they're from Ohio. Right. They're going to get ice cream after lunch. You know, they're, when we, we're going to go out for meals. We never would go out for meals. Everything. We're going to have sports on on Sundays and cuss at the TV. Yeah, everything was so normal. And I was so happy to be normal and use Tupperware and <laughs> like just not have to worry about being different. Do you know where you really messed up, though, making your kids normal? No. Well, how tall are you? Six foot. Yeah. And how tall was your husband? Six, five and a half or three eighths. Right. So, you mean you're going to make some freaks that way? Well, I didn't really think about that when I married him. I didn't, I just wanted to be with him. I didn't think about, I didn't, there was no intention there. Yeah. Do you think he had intention behind it? You know, he never mentioned it. So I don't, I don't think so. You think it was an accident that he ended up with a six foot beautiful woman? From a good friend of his when he was, talking about me to his good friend. And he related this after Howard died that he said, yeah, you know, she's cute, but she's tall. And then- Wait, dad said that? And I, it was from Greg Bohart and he told me after dad died and I I was kind of like disappointed. I thought it was a plus. Oh my God, that is news to me. I thought that he married you so intentionally. I mean, because you're very lovable, but not just that. Yeah. You're six feet tall, and as a man so into sports, you would think that would be a total plus. I, I, I don't know that he thought that far ahead. What, how close-minded of him. Jeez. Yeah, I was disappointed to learn that. And also, I was kind of disappointed to learn when he said that most of the nurses who worked for him were more attractive than the average uh, nurse. I said, why is that? And he said, because Latinas are on average more attractive than... That was a very controversial opinion of dad's. It was, but it affected me because I thought, well, 
Why didn't you marry a Latina? Yeah, why, you know, why, where do I stand in the spectrum? You know, I'm at the opposite. You literally married the opposite side of a Latina. Yeah, but just because he thought that overall, you know, Latina women were more attractive, that doesn't mean he wants to end up with one. Well, that's, that's, could be. I mean, I'm just saying that he settled, like, for what, Maybe the sake yeah. of having children who maybe he thought would like fit some standard. I don't know, but yeah, but it it isn't something he should have shared. Yeah, probably. no, for sure not. That was a low. <laughs> <laughs> that was a low. Was finding out my husband's type was Latin American women, and yeah. I'm not. Yeah. No. Okay. That's cool. So I wanted to, you talked also about having kids and that being a high, but I was wondering if you had something else that you felt like was really unique to you and and didn't have to do with, you know, having a child. Because I think obviously that's something that a lot of mothers I'm sure can relate to, that having a child was a peak of their life. But is there anything else that felt like... Uh you know, an achievement to date that it felt like something. This is really, this is Irene Lowe. This is everything I want to be. This is everything I stand for. And I'm so proud that I made it to this moment. And, you know, I am Irene and I am me and this is good. Well, um, education wise, I, when I passed the CPA exam, Mm -hmm. I felt like I had accomplished a goal from that standpoint that it had been out there for many years, mm-hmm. but it's one of those goals that didn't feel as good as I thought it was going to. Yeah, when I got there. Yeah, it was just on paper. Yeah, and, but it was good to get it out of the way and not have that on my like plate. And I felt like I'd always be proud of that. I could tell my children that I accomplished that. And, right. And um, you know, it, it felt good. Yeah. But, um, Have there been any lows with having children? Um, well, I mean, catching me a little off guard and you're my child. So you're, I, I mean, yeah. One of your children's calling you right now. Yeah. Yeah. We'll ignore that. <laughs> um, what, what could I say about the lows of having, I guess of having a family, let me put it in more general terms is that you do have a harder time feeling like you are more than just the mother of the family. Yeah, you you kind of forget. There's sort of this low point when. But that is all you are. Well, no, but (laughs) like, I remember how important it was. I had this one meeting set up. Okay, we've got enough about your business meetings. It was about tennis. Okay. So Tennis. We got to guess something. What's the audience going to relate to? Tennis and. Okay. And I just remember. But you're not, you're amateur. You're very amateur level. Totally. But it's, it's the, um. It's it's the fact that you that sports can mean that much when you feel like maybe you don't have a big career, you have kids and you're a mom. It's at that level that maybe, wow, if I could do something else physically that would give me satisfaction. Because I just remember at the end of one summer, you know, summers are hard with Yeah, but kids. we're talking about a low. You're getting back into high. So we know you're an optimist. But it was a low that I had, uh, you know, yeah, the lows. Oh, like I'll just be really blunt, but having three kids during the summer 
and yeah. just waiting for school to start. Yeah. And then on the very last the day, they decide to paint the playhouse. And yeah. Some yeah. kids have already gone back to school, but your kids decided on this last day to do a major project. And you're just trying to talk them out of it. Like, we don't, there's no time. School starts tomorrow. Yeah. Well, Those are just adventuresome kids. I know, but it's, it just, it's amazing how children do consume, um, it's very hard to. Uh, They're their own fit. people, and you really have to like manage them, and it's and you have to forget about your own needs. You yeah, and, and sure. that's kind of hard to do. Surely, yeah. I mean, I, I I'm not looking forward to it. Yeah. <laughs> What's what do you have? I'm saying I'm not looking forward to putting someone else's needs above mine. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, you're hungry, but you like have to walk in the house and make yeah. make their lunch, and then you eat afterwards. Are there any specific memories you of me that you felt like are kind of a low? Hmm. Well, I mean, okay, there was one that was much, you were pretty young, but I just took you to Vons and you went right. The supermarket? The supermarket and you went right for the beauty section and you got this nail polish and you just opened it and started painting your nails uh, in the middle of the store. Uh, and I thought, gosh, like... What an awful kid. No, but I'm I it was memorable because I thought, well, she's pretty spunky. I mean But that's the biggest low of me was opening the nail polish and bonds. I mean, it was pretty good. Well, I guess it just it re well, okay, they were lows in the sense that I thought, wow, she's quite different than me. I would never do that. Or I walked into a party, I came late, and you were already doing karaoke. Yeah. Like, you were just so outgoing. I thought, yeah. I don't know if if this is something that, am I? Can I handle this? Yeah. yeah. I mean, very. Yeah. I, I was always kind of um, thinking, wow, she's so different than me. She She's constantly seeking attention. Yeah, I mean, it was, I wouldn't say it was a low. I mean, what kind of lows are you talking about? Like when you faked having a broken arm and then... Uh, I never faked having a broken okay, arm. Something you faked, something. I think I faked Brain the shoes. twisted ankle. I only told you about... I told you that in confidence like a year ago. It's about the lows. You kind of opened a can of worms there. What am I supposed to say? But I mean, finding out that your child... Or like when you... Is wrote, a liar. I guess a, when you wrote on the bottom of your bed... Elsie, uh, like, I'm not going. No, I think I wrote, I hate my parents. Yeah. And, and in a marker, indelible marker. Yeah. yeah. And it was one of those uh, European beds with just the slats. Yes. Yeah. The yeah. European and bed, too, no that, less. When I found that, I felt like we had failed you. I mean, like, uh -huh. you were really unhappy. And I was worried if you were really unhappy and you didn't want to go to that school. Yeah. Well, I didn't want to go to that school. Yeah, it's hard when your kids are unhappy. You know, there's that saying, you're only as happy as your happiest child. Oh, that's true. a tough one. And when your kids are really unhappy, you feel it. Yeah. It's kind of the risk when you have children, you feel their emotions. Well, that's such a sweet answer that the lows of me were just when I was unhappy. Guess you really are a selfless mother, putting hmm. my needs above yours. Hmm. Well, you just, it's sort of, kids are kind of an extension of yourself. In that way, and yeah. you do, you do, it, it's like what happens to them kind of happens to you. Yeah. So, so you don't regret having that third kid? No, no. No, um, no I don't at all. Good.
That's me. Cool. Well, thanks for uh, coming on impromptu. I can't think of anything else specifically that we need to get into, but this was really helpful. Yeah, it was very spur of the moment. So I was not rehearsed. And maybe that's a good thing. Yeah. We don't, we don't need any rehearsed people on here. All right. Well, these are the highs and lows of Irene Lowe, the very own. Thanks for coming on. And we'll be back on with our next guest and their highs and lows soon. All right. Good luck, Karsta, with your new venture. Thank you. All right. Thanks. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed the conversation as much as I did. If you like highs and lows, please follow and rate the show wherever you get your podcast. Ciao for now. See you next week in another episode of Highs and Lows.